0: No way Win for months and then like buses to come along at once to get West Brom's playoff push back on four wheels. We'll talk Stoke, Blackpool, the deepening injury crisis and much more on this week's Baggies Broadcast. Hello, I'm Johnny Drury and I am alongside, as always, Albion correspondent Lewis Cox for the latest episode of the Baggies Broadcast, brought to you in association with the Ketland Toaster Man. Well, what a difference a week makes. Albion are, as we record this on Wednesday afternoon, still in the top six. Yes, you heard that correctly. Albion are in the top six. with uh, But there are games left to play in this midweek, so we won't get too far ahead of ourselves. We probably will. Um, but after things cracked over Easter, they have somehow, with less players, some players even on one leg, piece things back together. Lewis, it was a late night last night, but it was a it was an enjoyable one. How are you, my friend?
1: Johnny, I'm very well, sir. Um, good to see you again. Not so long after I saw you last. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's much sweeter with a win, isn't it? What a uh, uh, away travel sickness drought. What you know? What a way drought. It's uh it's funny, isn't it? I mean, last time we did one of those, I, I probably wasn't alone in one of these. Sorry, I wasn't alone in thinking, you know, are Albion going to win away again this season? When are we next going to see it? And, uh, and here we go, mate. I mean, my my one hope is that Baggies um, listen to this before Wednesday night's matches, just so we can bask in the collective glory of, of still being six until hopefully, well, hopefully beyond this evening. I'll have a quick look at the fixtures. I'm, I think it can can continue six beyond tonight now I'll have a look Johnny but yeah the the likelihood is that uh, rivals might overtake tonight but we don't care do we because it's all about Sunday now
0: it is all about Sunday indeed well we're going to talk uh, we're going to talk Blackpool get the reaction from last night some big talking points Uh, we're going to answer your questions and we're going to look ahead to Sunderland as Albion take on Sunderland two the first of two live home games to uh to finish the home campaign so it's the penultimate home game of the season against tony mowbray's men on sunday um uh, as always we're going to start with alternative albion now a bit of a bit of a sort of subdued bags broadcast today even though we're talking about uh some good positive topics with two wins but me and lewis for chatting off podcast; we're absolutely knackered basically we're both on day off today we're working on a on a day off bringing you the baggage broadcast um but we're sort of lounged out on the sofas i'm sort of lying half on a sofa trying to hold in my dog's collar trying to stop him from barking mid-podcast lewis is lounged out i know he's got the snooker on in the background so if you're yes. in cheering for his favorite player as he pots a black or a pink you'll know what that's all about but um so i'm not going to get too worked up on alternative albion but i i'm going to put the stoke fans in the alternative albion vault this week because i thought they were just a bunch of moaning whinge it. No, not all of them. I'm not going to put you all in the same brush. Dear sure. me,
1: Johnny. I've just about stopped the angry Stoke fans from yeah, messaging me. Yeah. This is well,
0: a, I'm sure, this is... I'm sure none, of them, none of them will listen to this. This is a safe space. But my God, you would have thought sort of four Stoke players had had broken legs or something. And shout out to Ben Wilmot. Wish him all the best. He's had a bit of a nasty injury and um, there's, if, if, you, if you heard some of the quotes From Brandon Thomas Asante on BBCWM Last night, or you'll probably see him in mean, the Express And Star in the coming days, he sort of Says some really good things about um, Ben Wilmot, the defender He got injured for Stoke, but to be honest Lewis, I think if you sit back, I thought the referee, I can't remember the referee's name, but I thought he had a quite a Good game on, the, on on Saturday, thought he let the game Flow very well, it was a it's a bit of a feisty Sort of, I know many see it as a derby um, There was a few Naughty tackles, but I didn't think he was that I just thought the Stoke fans need to Need chill like look at their own players more than anything.
1: They were fuming. the Stoke fans and and even the Stoke sort of press um, were were absolutely Andy Warman was it Andy Warmer? Yeah.
0: Could um, I was gonna I was gonna tweet. I hope Andy Warmer has a fantastic Saturday evening, but I didn't want <laughs> didn't want to get battered on Twitter.
1: They were absolutely raging at him, and I got I I think my my opinion Johnny a little bit different to yours. I, I don't like to I don't like to disagree with you Johnny, but you know it happens. At, uh, you know every once in a boom rarer than hen's teeth mate but uh my my view was that he he lost control a bit second half he was just and yeah, there were a lot of yellows weren't there in the space of it's happened a few in a few games of late and then that pearson red card at the end you could see that coming for the the two yellows for the descent just just stoke lost their heads as well don't get me wrong they got a bit you know annoyed peeved with Albion's gamesmanship let's be honest Albion were eating up the minutes weren't they they were being wise and and Stoke bit and you know the the, the descent's unacceptable isn't it the red cards fair enough I think I think Warmer could have hand, handled it a, a little bit more carefully but uh yeah probably just I don't know uh sour grapes from Stoke just because it didn't go their way dare I say I don't know yeah. we're, we're at the wrath of uh angry potters here mate but we might we might
0: yeah. have to move on hopefully we've got some potters listening to the, <laughs> the pot it might drive up our already impressive views um if they uh, if they jump on this but we'll stick there, with stuff we can't
1: we can't stick each other up by clipping any of this
0: no 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 I'm we're not kidding. clipping it maybe we're not clipping any of it the way with the way uh, not too uh bad lose, but the way we both look at the moment we look pretty uh we look pretty shoddy and pretty rare. tired so yeah yeah this is so crazy. uh yeah no uh no clip no clipping up today we um, look we'll like leave. reporters 42 games into a 46 yeah, game season yeah yeah definitely definitely we look uh yeah we definitely look like that um then we'll leave that for stoke we analyzed Stoke quite a bit on uh on saturday um and i just want to mention we had a, a very good as albion fans would have seen a very good uh, video slash photo bomb from tony bomber Brown on saturday at stoke we had one from annie johnson last night at blackpool so <laughs> i wonder who we're gonna get on sunday at uh, at the whole of we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see. Uh, I'm glad you brought that around. up, Johnny,
1: because um, I mean AJ's cameo, predictably last night was was golden, wasn't it? He was on he was on top four. this form. four. Y- you're never going to escape when. As soon as I saw him emerging from the tunnel, I knew we were in trouble.
0: And, just uh, wanted to make just wanted to make sure you were doing some work, Lewis. For Baggins yeah, fans, who well, won't know this: is uh, Andy Johnson's got a running joke that he doesn't think Lewis does anything. He's, he reckons he's never seen him do any work, um, so I think he was just trying to keep a close eye on you.
1: I'm just the face, aren't I? The the, the face <laughs> that brings in the the hits and sells the papers while Johnny does everything. The,
0: the I would say that. According to of, AJ,
1: anyway. More of a but, face um, for
0: radio over here, to be honest. But
1: uh... bombers, bombers sort of well, it wasn't even a cameo, was it? It was just sort of a he, he gave us a goodbye, didn't he? From from Stoke, and we probably need to get him on. That that would really spike the hits, wouldn't it? If uh, we, get so we got a thirty time, seconds yeah. or a minute from Bomber. Wow.
0: Yeah, that, uh, we'll have to do that before the end of the uh, end of the season. But uh, prior to uh, the interruption, the superb interruption from Andy Johnson last night, Albion dug out a superb win. It was it felt like a night where they needed to dig in, they needed to uh, stand up and be counted, and and they certainly did that. Lewis and the frustrating thing is that that's what Albion fans have been calling for for weeks. And if they would have produced that in some of the games, like QPR and Rotherham. You know what I mean? We'd probably be very, very confident about a playoff place at the moment, but they credit to them, it's a side that we never saw from Albion late last season. We we have seen it when the pressure was sort of off earlier in the campaign. You know, I know some people said Albion could be in danger of going down, including myself, but we never probably fully thought that was going to be the case, but they dragged themselves from the abyss and and, uh, and dug in and showed character and they're, they're showing it again now after a, a very sort of significant blip. It's a, uh, it's happening again and they're just they're, they're standing up and being counted at the moment which is what they need to do now for the next four games
1: Yeah, couldn't put it any better mate De- depleted by numbers aren't they but not by heart at the minute um, I think I, I raised this with Carlos Corbin after the game last night I think certainly post QPR the home game of that Easter double header I think there was a, a line in the sand really I think there were probably strong words exchanged I know we you know, I don't think it's revealing too much to say we waited quite a while for Carlos's um, post-match presser that day. Um, I think he, you know, perhaps had a longer word than usual with his players. And yeah, it took Alvin a while to get going at Stoke, didn't, didn't it? And yeah, they fell behind. But, you know, the, the character and adversity there, think, you know, to respond just after half time, just seconds, minutes after losing DK like that to, a, you know, obviously the, the horrific Achilles injury we we now know about, to respond the way they have in just trying, you know, such trying circumstances, such adversity, because it's just, you, you, you get one back and we're all sort of relieved there's a player back available and then another one or two go, don't they? It's it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, a few games ago, I'm sure most Albion fans wouldn't uh, give two thoughts about losing Nathaniel Chalaber to injury. However, now with very few other midfielders around and an improved performance level from Chalaber, credit to him, now it's uh, another blow and a shame because he was good last night wasn't he before he um before he had to trudge off injured so adversity just continues to grow um character like you said they they're showing some bottle aren't they they're showing some bottle and it's been questioned rightly so on several occasions previously you know i mean this season as you touched on but previous seasons with with existing players um so credit to them and They've given themselves a chance, haven't they? Put themselves in a position. Yes, it's frustrating. We can say, well, if only it took something from Rotherham. If only we'd held on against QPR when somehow that two goal lead was let slip. But ifs, buts, and maybes. It's that's um, one of those, isn't it? The fact that the head coach has led this. Absolutely depleted squad into back into contention is is quite remarkable and it's it's the first time in six we were counting it up last night weren't we Johnny mid mid game as I was uh I was looking at the live league table and you were shouting at me for for looking at the live league table um, I almost yeah. struck you at
0: one point just stop <laughs> you looking
1: struck me for doing some actual mm. work AJ. yeah um, yeah
0: yeah
1: um, back back six for the first time since the start of Feb since. That pretty grim weekend that Friday night at Blues. Um yeah, showed we know rivals have slipped up, of course. They have not just Albion have felt the pressure. It seems like everyone going for fifth and sixth has, has felt the pressure. But you know, credit Albion, they're they've dug in, haven't they? And and they've given themselves these this chance, these huge home games now. Um and it looks like it's gonna be a very exciting, very wild few weeks ahead and it's still gonna be a big ask. They're tough games. It's still a depleted squad, but you know, I think we sensed it right next, sitting right next to the away fans last night, didn't we, Johnny? And that sort of unique um, stadium layout at, at Bloomfield Road, we sensed hope and optimism back among those 1,200 travelling baggies. It, it was it was brilliant to, to feel and witness last night, actually.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting point you make. And we spoke about it and, and you know, just spoke about Bomber early in the podcast and while you'd gone down to interview Carlos Corbram, um, me and Bomber sort of talked about the away. F- there seems to be a difference between the away fans and the home fans at the moment. And this is no slight on the home fans because Albion's home support has been superb and they've been well in the 21, thousand average. You know, even though things haven't been going well for for chunks of the season. Um, I know there's been that good home record, but even earlier in the campaign, there seems to be an edginess around the, the crowd at the Hawthorns at the moment. You know, despite that winning run, um, which we which we we think is stemmed from that away away. Um, away form but away from home it seems to be completely different even at Stoke on Saturday when I know some people thought Albion weren't that bad in the first half on Saturday I thought they were pretty poor against Stoke I didn't think Stoke were great either but I heard at the first when the referee moved after the Mercer I heard a smattering of boos which I thought come from the Albion fans but I think it was Stoke fans at the referee and then as Albion went off in that corner in front of the Albion fans the Albion fans were cheering him off and the yeah. away fans were really good and it just seems as that, that bit of a difference is you almost want to harness that away sort of feeling at home as well at the moment especially with two big home games coming up and this yeah, you know, I, you know, I don't want Albion fans who are home season ticket holders or go home to think this is a slight in any way because it's certainly not it just seems to be a, a, quite a difference at the moment between the feeling around the side at home and the feeling the side, around the side away from home
1: Yeah I mean that can happen can't it Johnny I, I Yeah it's happened it, before yeah. is not it um, you know, different dynamic, perhaps certainly home and away, more of a, more of a sort of troop, aren't you away? More of a clan, more of sort of against the odds, that kind of thing. Uh, but you, you're right, at Stoke, um, I think both Carlos and Jason Maloney referenced it actually, going down into that tunnel at half time right by the away end, and, and and I noticed what looked like just wholehearted applause and support, given Albion were one down and. Thought so that was quite telling. I, I actually got a couple of. I put something out. I got a couple of replies saying, "Oh, you know, what were you listening to? It was it was booze." And I thought, well, I'm I'm not sure about that. I'm sure there were a few. I'm sure there was a smattering of fans booing in there. But that overall, um, th- there was big support, and and you know that that would have gone a long way, a really long way at half time to inspiring that second half turnaround. It really would have. And all too often, I think the impact and influence of fans is is played down in games, both home and away, and. I think it's a perfect example of that at Stoke on Saturday and, and last night as well. That 1200 Albion lot in in that crowd of 10,000 last night were massive, weren't they? Down the side of the pitch, it it, it was a it was a huge night of away support and um, yeah, what one to remember. You know, not not the not the most amazing memorable game from from a football perspective last night, but a real a real moment it felt last night, I would say. And um, if Albion get where they want to get to and we're extending the season into May, Johnny, I think we'll we'll, well, we'll absolutely be looking back on Stoke and Blackpool, won't
0: we? We certainly will, indeed. Um, just going to hear a little bit from Carlos Corberan now. Um, he spoke with the, the press at length last night. There's a little bit of a reaction to his uh, his side's uh, battling performance and result. Um, and he's just a, a little bit on the end about
2: Nathaniel chaber as well. I think that every game is very demanding. <clears throat> you play against teams that they have to survive and they are going to play with, of course, with a lot of desire, especially when they play at home because are the last possibility they have to, to win games at home. Mm-hmm. But for us, it was very important to commit with the game and to show a level of maturity that for me we, we saw today. Facing difficulties again because with the injury of Chalova, we have to adapt and, and adapt to the game. We start suffering activity in the game because they were aggressive in the pressing and they were aggressive in the way how they were attacking. We tried to press them and when they break the press, the ball went to the sides and they make some deliveries that create some, create one clear chance at the beginning of the game. And after in attack, we didn't find a way to dominate better the game. It's true that we were clinical in the set pieces goal that we scored. And, and after with the pass of the minutes, we start to understand better the game. And the key of the game was to press less and to press better when we decide to press. Because at the beginning, we tried to press every single ball. We were rabbit late and they were find a way to individually unbalance balance the, the structure of the team. With the pass of the minutes, we were less aggressive. We were more solid in defense. And especially in the beginning of the second half, we started to find a way to dominate more and to put some calm better position in attack and to find a way to control better the game even if we didn't create chances we were start to control the game and after use the transitions as a one big possibility to create the chances and i think that the game played the second half with a lot of maturity no is the uncle he was jumping and when he touched like dike but he's not achilles looks like he's the ligament of the ankle so we don't know how serious is going to be tomorrow with the scan we'll know better but
0: it's going to be difficult too, uh, Lewis. In terms of of Chalibur, we know it's ankle ligament damage. Probably you know, when you hear those words, it's probably going to be a sort of end to his campaign and summer of summer of rehabilitation. Um, slowly becoming slim pickings in that midfield. If we look now for Saturday, you've got as it stands T J H and Malumbi, um with Jamie Andrews and and Jake Livermore behind them. Do we yeah, know any he... more about O K Yushly? Because he he's going to be a We'll going to say he's gonna be like a new sign in, but he's gonna be a big boost if they can get in back for the for the, this uh final stretch. Well,
1: uh, without wanting to repeat what Carlos told us last night and what he's told us for the last, I don't know, two, three, four pre and post matches, I would love to be able to bring Baggy's uh, listening the latest about Hawkeye, but that's exactly what Carlos said to us. He's just sort of got no, no fresh news or line on it, really. It's one of these where. Um, they're hopeful each game and, and for the for the next game that it's going to be the one where he can feature, the one where he's over that niggling ankle problem he, he picked up late on at, against Millwall and he, he just can't get over the line. He can't come through a session or tests where the damage is, you know, the pain barrier he's able to play and look, we know he, he's a committed player, isn't he? And I think if he could, he would. And perhaps there's a bit that Albin had and not wanting to put him out there and do any any more significant damage. Cause I think if if they could get him out there, I think they would. You know, he's that influential, isn't he? Like a you know, we've seen Malumbi play, haven't we, on Saturday with with an injection and stuff like that after injuries. Um, we know Malumbi's a battling warrior. And I'm sure you you would would do the same. He's so important, but he's got everything crossed for Sunday, haven't we? The fact is an extra day even, a Sunday game and not a Saturday game, hopeful works in Albion's favour but but each time Carlos just he, he really wants to give a positive update, he really does but they're a bit in the dark as I've written, they're just going day by day just hopeful that the next one is the one and so far it's been disappointing on that front but it's, it's just a strange one isn't it Johnny, not not cushly, but the midfielder I wrote last night this morning, every single senior centre midfielder at Albion has been injured in the last couple of weeks, you know fortunately, thank God, Malumby was able to come back when he was for Stoke. Garden Hickman was able to come back last night, obviously made a massive impact from the bench. Livermore has been able to come back from a little hamstring setback and be on the bench where he's been absolutely needed, you know. Um, it's been crazy. I mean, you know, Jamie Andrews has had to have a place on the bench and good for him, you know. A, a young academy lad coming through deserves his spot. But at this running at this business end, you want players available, don't you? And... It's been so tough. And of course now Chalaber to add to that, as we say, it it sounds pretty ominous, doesn't it? He's go he's um he's having his scan as we speak, Chalaber. And well when it's ankle ligaments mentioned, you don't expect anything quicker than a few weeks, do you? So he'll do well to play again this season. And another body down, but um, you know, more adversity to overcome.
0: Certainly. Um we're not gonna talk massively about Stoke, but we need to talk about Dal DJ. Um, Darryl, yeah, as we know, Daryl DK's has picked up another severe injury. He's going to be out for up to six months, going to be six to nine months. According to the statement that Albion put out and it's just I feel so sorry for for Daryl D. K. You know, still a young lad who's come over to this country. Big money move from America and he's played for three managers now. I think he, we worked out the other day, and he played um, less than 90 minutes for his first two Albion managers in league football. Um, and he's been instrumental under Calis Corbran and he's hit the, the goal trail at times, but he's just suffered another bad injury. And uh, it's just, it's one of them, isn't it? You just, you can't quite believe it. You know, uh, Albion fans have just seen his statement on Instagram and his few pictures on his Instagram story where he's sort of made light of it. I think he said he couldn't do it on a cold, cold Tuesday night in Stoke or Saturday in Stoke or every he put. But it's just, it feels so sorry for him and I feel sorry for him because he will probably, Rightly or wrongly, wrongly really, get tarnished with the old sick note, injury-prone tag night, given he's had so many injuries, but you've got to feel for the lad.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, hopefully not uh, what you just said. The way he can go against that, he's coming back and and recovering and, and being able to go again and, you know, to to, to banish that, that label, because that is, you know, three major injuries, isn't it, in 14, 15 months at Albion, and you know it's, it's it's a it's a really tricky one. This I was having this debate with someone yesterday at, at Blackpool, and you know two muscle injuries, and this one's a right, an Achilles one. That's that's not a contact, is it? He's not been clattered by anyone. He's landed awkwardly, twisted awkwardly, awkwardly. Um, look, he's an absolute unit, isn't he? DK footballers don't come much bigger stronger frame than dk carrying as much um weight you know in form of muscle that that he carries and that will bring extra pressure and power onto his joints and tendons and ligaments and all of that won't it i'm 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 far from a a medical expert but um whenever achilles is mentioned it's not good is it whenever rupture whenever a ruptured Achilles is mentioned. It's it's one of the worst. You sort of hear about you know along with a maybe an ACL in the knee or something. Um, just fear that it's not one that's going to set him back longer than a year. You know, eighteen months, and he he comes back and keeps breaking down again, and, and you worry if his frame that I mentioned there is going to work against him with this injury. Um, however, I, you know, I would say, and I've I've written this, I think. Um, I think for the website tomorrow morning, and the paper actually uh, asked asked Carlos Corbran for some reaction to the the severity of the injury, and and I've seen this myself as well in in interviewing DK, sort of hinted at it in his in his statement. Johnny, you mentioned on Instagram and Twitter, but he's he's an immensely strong character actually for for his age. He's gone through a lot, hasn't he? I mean, you mentioned moving countries, but even at West Brom, he's gone through a lot, and he's already had to break through that psychological barrier of it happening not once but twice you know within 12 months so i'm not too worried about it happening again for him but i i I do also realize this is this is a worse injury really than the two muscle ones he had there he had severe muscle problems but this is worse um nobody's under any illusions as to how bad this injury is and um just gotta hope that he's i don't have any doubts that he's got the right mentality attitude willpower commitment to coming back from it however we just gotta hope he's his body can stand strong to it, Johnny. Really, and that um, you know, what well, not six to nine months. If if it is to be that, I mean, I I'd, I'd imagine it's probably towards the latter of that. Um, take us to the end of this year, the end of 2023, maybe you know, turn of the next year, and you know, perhaps possibly it'll be a it'll be a huge boost at that point next season. But obviously, it's what what nobody wanted, and you know, it's another pre-season sort of season down the drain for him isn't it which is such a crying shame and yeah we can only send our best wishes can't we it's uh, it was a nasty one and as soon as he went down at, at the bet 365 we knew it was something bad didn't we johnny straight away the, the fears and then he's you know and then he stretched it off with oxygen it's it's a horrible sight and um yeah just echo what you said right at the top there johnny just just feel for the lad and uh keep everything crossed over the coming months that you know he can can get through his rehab sort of smoothly. We know, um, as, I, as I say, I'm reporting tomorrow morning that his, his surgery is going to be next Monday in, in London. And um, Carlos Colgan told me it's with one of the best, if not the best specialist in this department. So he's in good hands, in the best possible hands. And yeah,
0: wish him well. Wish him well indeed. All the best for your your recovery, Darren, um, from us all. At the Baggies Broadcast. Uh two more Blackpool points before we uh bring you a little cattle and toast man advert and we get on to your questions. By the way, the podcast is gonna be a little bit shorter today, just because uh, as we said, we are uh, we are actually off. Um so we wanted to br- but we wanted to bring you a podcast because it's been a, it's been a very good week for Albion. Um Lewis Fringe plays Carlin Grant's coming from the did very well at Stoke. I thought he did very well in the second half, certainly on um at Blackpool. We worked hard throughout until he came off. Um we're in a period now where Albion haven't got a lot of fit outfield players. Probably the three changes they made last night were probably the only senior ones, aside from Livermore, that they could have made. Um, the likes of Albrighton and Rogic. Brighton, I thought, I did well when he came on at Stoke. Rogic almost got himself a goal last night. Um, didn't do an awful lot otherwise, but um, they've got to step up now. They're experienced enough to have an impact in this team. And people talk, Tom Rogich, and we make jokes, you know, about him sort of playing in Scotland and people do. Um, and, you know, with Albrighton saying he's, he hasn't been good enough, which he hasn't, but they've both got quality and Albion really, really need it at the moment. They need bodies. They're not many, but the bodies they have got, they need to be put in quality displays. So it's time yeah. for the, sort of these fringy players to step up now, more more than ever, really.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I do I agree, Johnny, and I think you're right there. I would say that I think, you know, probably over these two games, as as you suggested, we have started to see it, haven't we, which is encouraging. I mean, I I was critical of of them, the wider squad, the squad players that come in over that Easter weekend, they they weren't and haven't been good enough. Yeah, you know, when once the injuries hit, the others had to come in. Form performance level certainly, even commitment level, even attitude. Just, Shot to pieces, and you know you heard Carlos Corbin calling into question the attitude, fight, desire. You know, rather than against QPR, that's that's the worst thing you can hear, isn't it? You that's a bare minimum to to be to be trying and, and battling. But um yeah, in the last two games we've seen. Well, yeah, you know when I talk about squad player, you know your Chalba, your you know Gardner Hickman struggled over the Easter weekend, didn't he? But come back you know, come roaring back last night. Um there are other examples, of course, Carlin Grant, um, last night. So that's that's a few there really that we've we've seen a bit of a response from. I mean chemia Jay um, I think in these two games has looked a bit more like he's his old self that we know, hasn't he? He's had a pretty pretty bad time of it, hasn't he, since coming back into the side. I mean, you know, how how awful was Rotherham for him when he was sort of um you know, jeered off by the Albion fans, I suppose, We he had such a nightmare that day, and he, he's looked more secure, hasn't he? So, these these wider squad players there I'm mentioning um, are, are just beginning to to turn it on, make it happen, um, put in performances of the level required, and, uh, you know, we're seeing that in the results, aren't we? There are a couple more, as you mentioned, I mean, you right to probably mention Rogic and, and Albright Brighton there, Johnny, I mean, Livermore's possibly another one I mean we're probably unlikely to see him get on the pitch unless there are any more drop down. But Robert and all Brighton, senior players who should be making an impact, aren't they? You should be coming onto the side and you know, coming in and, and threatening the opposition's goal, you know, stretching defenses, racking up goals and assists. We should be seeing that. We haven't seen it, you know, in in the season as a whole, but if and when they're they're needed, like Grant has done, you know, at Stoke and and Blackpool last night. He, very close last night to scoring a good goal, wasn't he, Grant? One-on-one, sweeping move from Albion and and he was excellent at, at Stoke, wasn't he? Best he's been for the, the season, I'd say. And all of a sudden, you know, for me, similar to last night, Carlin Grant has to start on the left for Sunderland, I think. The, the alternative is all Brighton, but I think, you know, you're at home on the front foot, get Grant in. He's, he's a goal threat, isn't he? You know, look at last season's tally and and even how he was performing in August when he got all those goals. So, yeah, a mixed bag with those fringe players. Very critical of them a couple of weeks ago, but since some thankfully have, have stepped forward, stepped up to the plate, been influential. It's a couple that still need it from. And but who knows, Johnny? You know, Sunderland, even Sheffield United, Norwich, Swansea game. Not beyond the imagination that Tom Rogic or Mark Albrighton are, are, are a match winner, is it? You know, isn't it? And um, and then all of a sudden we sort of forget that that they've had very little impact since joining the club and all of a sudden they've scored an absolutely priceless goal in the hunt for the playoffs. So so fingers crossed they can step up as well as, as players around them keep dropping. But no, we, we have seen some step up a couple of gears, haven't we, as I say? Chalabagh, Grant, Gardner-Hickman, Ajayi and and, um, and good for them, it's been needed.
0: It no, has been needed indeed. We're going to finish off with... The uh the overriding individual performance of the night. I'm not gonna do his chant, of which there were many good Albion chants last night. You were particularly pleased with the Nathaniel Chalabert chant. No? Oh,
1: bit of old um, school Shakira.
0: Yeah, you were pleased with that one. Taylor Gardner has got his own chant, which I I am sure it's been sung before, but it has never heard. The Malumbi one sort of taken off, um, which is very good. And that's where we're gonna finish the Blackpool chat because the nine hundred grand, I've just seen this tweet. He is a snip at the moment. Albion are already getting their money away from Jason Mulumbe. He has been superb. He was everywhere. He and we said it on the video, he epitomizes what Albion he 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 is the guy who every Albion player should be looking at, going, This guy came back from a national gym, and should have been out for four to six weeks or four weeks, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. With a thigh yeah. injury. Within two weeks he well, within ten days he he was back against QPR. we were in it was Johnny, yeah. Yeah. Another another week he was Scoring two goals, winning a game for Albion and made a massive, played a massive part last night. Also, he does a lot of housery. I'm not gonna say the first word that goes in that. At Stoke fans would have seen yeah. him basically basically throw himself into the corner flag. Um, great, great theatrics to run the clock down. Just a lovable guy who just Albion fans are really warm into him and he's not the the most technically gifted player in the in the in the squad. But if he was, he'd probably be the best player in the squad. But at the moment, he is the best player in the squad because of the work rate he's getting through. He drives Albion forward. He's been really, really good on the ball in recent weeks as well. I have to give him credit for that. Um, he's he's Albion's vocal, vocal point at the moment. And, and you know, if we had... I'm not slagging anyone else off from last night because it was a good collective performance. But if we had 10 Jason Lumbees on the pitch... You'd you you'd say right, where are we going in the playoffs? But, but you but you're outside for Wembley. Ten,
1: ten, ten Malumbies, Johnny. I mean, you, you took the words out of my mouth there. That I, I had that very conversation. Don't know if
0: we don't know if we uh, want a Malumbi goal, like because Alex the Well, beast. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, earlier today, I said the same. I said I said nine Molumbis, one technician. Uh, you know, the nine Molumbis yeah. can do the running. One technician to to you know do some magic with the ball, and then and then we'll we'll stick with Palmer in goal, and I've. I'd I'd back that side. I'd back that side for automatics. I think that, you know, all joking aside, it's not just his energy and his his battery and his you know his legs. It's it's the mentality side of it, isn't it? It's the commitment to do it, Um, the mindset. Yeah, he's he's been massive, hasn't he? Uh, Absolutely massive. In that in that build up you gave him there, Johnny, you also missed out the fact that barely 24 hours before Stoke, he's rolling his ankle in training, as well as the groin thing rolling his ankle to the point where he can't complete training. It's that bad. But, you know, he's so desperate to get on and commit that he'll take the injection, play through the pain. Not just an hour, you know, managed to get through the 90 minutes somehow at the amount of ground he covers and scored a two goals, which which aren't even part of his game, are they? We know they were from a combined about five yards out and, uh, and neither actually hit the back of the net. But, um, yeah, they all count. And what what a warrior and what a trooper. We joke about nine or ten Malumbis in the team, but in all seriousness that is the attitude of a of a player you want at a club you know absolutely no doubt about that i i'm not going to name names but I'd, i don't suspect you know we talk about him rolling his ankle there and having to play through the pain that not every player does that and that's not a, a slight but and not just at Albin. i mean anywhere some players at every level feel a little niggle or a little knock and don't want to worsen it you know for themselves or can't quite handle the pain so it's um it's it's credit to him really and uh, possibly a debate for another day, Johnny. And we don't want this to debate to drag on here now, but I think he's if not right at the top, then right near the top of the dare I say, the player of the season stakes, I, I would I would argue. Um yeah, absolute snip and uh and a real asset moving forward.
0: Yeah, indeed. I've just find an absolutely hilarious tweet, Coxy, which I'm gonna read out. Um there was a there's a there's a West Brom Facebook page called the Real West Brom Fan Zone, and uh, an Albi fan called Rajan Moore commented on it with a picture from the ticket office. And I'm guessing this was well, definitely pre Stoke. Uh, must have been absolutely Easter disaster. Uh, he's just sort of taking a picture of a few tickets sitting on the counter, and it says just got my refund for Stoke, Blackpool, and Sheffield United. Apparently, a fair amount of people have requested refunds too. Why am I not surprised? Twitch and i have a fan called gary sharp who's tweeted saying has anyone checked on rajan um i think he's sort of prematurely got his money back for them tickets because it was probably the two best away results of the season um i hope rajan's all right hopefully he may, might have got his ticket back for sheffield united next week right? <laughs> um but uh but yeah i thought that was a that was pretty funny right uh that's the blackpool chat uh, i'm gonna do a bit of Ketland Toaster Man time now um, as always the baggins Broadcast is brought to you in association with the Ketland Toaster Man the place in Briley Hill where you can go and get all your household goods they've got everything as we know we wax lyrical about air fries but they've got everything hoovers even they've even got sort of speakers around sound sort of systems and, and headphones and stuff like that so anything you need get down there they've got loads um, on offer of they have got a little bit of a an offer on postage and packaging at the moment as well for certain items. So do head along to the uk. if you want to go in store. Uh, they are on Thorns Road in Briley Hill. Thank you very much for their continued support. Right, let's get on to the questions.
1: Very, very, um, Johnny, very, I know we'll get into it later, sorry, um, when we look at um, just Sunderland and, and the games ahead. Just wanted to quickly, before I forget to qualify, something we touched on right at the top. We uh, mentioned the games tonight with rivals. Albion will I think my my very basic maths here, Johnny. So so um yeah, you know, forgive me <laughs> but I think Albion will drop out of the of the top six tonight, regardless of results, because seventh place Blackburn play play Kovu in ninth and you know Blackburn are already on the same points and cover just one behind. So so even a draw takes them, obviously above Albion. But mm. but we don't you know we don't care about that. That doesn't matter, does it? And that, that won't be a blow, which it just shows how close Albion are to it now, doesn't it? Ahead of ahead of Sunderland who are who are eighth, of course. So it's um guys, it's, it's throw a blanket over all the rivals time, isn't it? They're so close.
0: No, yeah. yeah, it's so close. Um right. First question comes from uh Robo, Baggy Boy seventy five Mike, who is coming on the, the Bags Broadcast Man Chat shows soon. Um how many points do you guys think it will take to cement a playoff place? Now I've just looked at the table, i on sixty three at the moment. I've heard some people saying as low as 70 will get in the playoffs this, this year, but I think Albion probably need to either go unbeaten um, with three wins and a draw or three wins and a defeat. Um, I think they need minimum nine points from the last yeah. one.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking, having a look at the table, yeah, and, and 63 points. Obviously, three wins takes Albion to 72. That's, bottom end 70 has done the job, hasn't it, in in sort of recent years recent times um,
0: what I will say as well is that it's very tight Albion, Sunderland and Coventry are all on the same goal difference but what might give those teams the advantage over the likes of well, we say it'll go down to you know are Watford still in it probably not but there's only four points between Watford and Albion at the moment so you could say yeah really but Preston. But I and,
1: think I'd go down as far as Watford, Johnny. Yeah,
0: to. Preston and Preston and Blackburn have got a minus goal difference, so goal difference could come into this. Really, mm. could come into this. It's going to be crucial, I think. Uh, Even slash,
1: Norwich's is good in eleven. Yeah. Norwich's goal difference. Is Norwich have awesome.
0: got eight. Yeah, Watford four. Um, if you look above, Albion, Millwall, you know, sort of been dragged in. You know, we thought sort of Millwall might pull away and, and cement that fifth position, but they're on. 65. They lost last night, of course. Um, oh, at only 1, 5
1: five. Two, two points clear of Albion, and then played a game more. So yeah, you know,
0: yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Everyone's having a bit of a bit of a stutter. Hopefully, Albion can can keep going. But I, I'd say minimum three wins. Um, Robo is probably yeah. going to be, be required. Um, it's, Jess, Accord, surprised
1: if seventy was enough. wouldn't it, Yeah, or?
0: it's it's quite low. Seventy, I don't think. I think in recent years maybe that's happened once um I think we've talked about that on a previous podcast but uh Jess Ackroyd asked how good is Alex Palmer also if we mm. somehow manage to get into the playoffs and win where are we all putting putting our Carlos tattoos Jess nowhere because my pain threshold is through the floor <laughs> plus I don't think the tattoo would look that good on me now let alone when I'm old and wrinkly um but how good is Alex Palmer I'm going to make a bold statement here. If Alex Palmer remains at Albion for as long as the likes of Ben Foster, etc., he's not as good as Ben Foster at the moment. Absolutely not. But he could be held in that regard. Whether I th- I'm not going to answer whether I think he can be better than him, because he was very good goalkeeper Foster. But I think Palmer has got the potential to be talked about in that bracket if he mm. remains at Albion.
1: Especially think, as he's a local lad come through the academy. Yeah,
0: and that as well. And I think that does add something to his. To to his blow almost with, in terms of with the fans.
1: I don't, just quickly, I, I don't think I could have been more impressed with Palmer this season. Thinking back to when he first came into the side, and and these two games now, is it a coincidence he's returned for the two wins? You know, I mean, the one save last night. There's a bit of confusion last night actually, Johnny, and um, I was speaking about it with with uh, oh, yeah. Joe Chapman from Birmingham. Birmingham Mail on the way home, and it it was one top save from Palmer last night, not two. That yeah, the second hit the post. Did hit the post. Yeah, um, I it, yeah, we we it was it was a mixture in the press box of did he save that or did it hit the post? It definitely hit the post. Uh, but the one save from uh, Morgan Rogers, of course, former uh, Albion starlet, was it was an incredible save right on half time, and he just gives you that He's his shot stopping is extreme, extremely good. His his uh, command of the box, the way he deals with high balls, both punches and crosses, is is excellent. He's just he's just uh, I haven't seen anything better in the championship this season than what I've seen from Palmer. Um, absolutely top at this level, and I, I've not covered football in the Premier League, but I've you know I've covered games. I obviously watched as a fan. I don't I don't see any reason why you know, this is a long shot. But if Albin went up. He wouldn't be able to, to do a job. Um, that's maybe a big claim, but I've been so impressed with him, so impressed. And on the other side of Jesse's question, no, I, I agree with you, Johnny. I, I'm I'm too much of a wimp on the tattoo front. However, I do think we'd have to, you know, maybe not here and now, but have to put down a, you know, if Albion go up, we are doing, you know, this in honour of Carlos. I, I don't quite know what yet, but we uh, might have to get our thinking caps on.
0: If Jess can sort me out one of them stick-on ones that the last for about two weeks, I'll get one of them. But I'm not having, a, I'm not having the needle with no chance. No, I love I Carlos Corbett. Right, I, I love like my him. football club, but I, I, I wouldn't get a tattoo, I'm sorry. I just haven't got the, the brush on. I'd probably cry. To be honest. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, did you see the picture online of um, of Carlos with that sticker? I did, yeah, I did yeah. yeah. Quality. Yeah, quality. Yeah. Uh, I won't give too much yeah. away, actually, because this is a really nice thing we've got coming later in the week, but Friday morning, I think, Friday's um, paper and online, there are some wonderful um, quotes from Carlos uh, just regarding supporters and stuff. I, I won't say any more, but yeah, from last night, it's is pretty, to me, I, I wrote it earlier and it sort of typifies how I found him as a man. So yeah, something to look forward to, that before
0: Sunderland. Yeah, keep an eye out for that one, Baguys fans. Alan Love, if we should end up in the playoffs, two outcomes are possible. Remaining in the Championship will go up. With that in mind... Let's have your crystal ball predictions. Well, Alan, this should be a sure answer, but of course we're going up. Of course we're <laughs> going to go up if we get in the playoffs. Well, it would. It would most six
1: would most likely be Borough, wouldn't it? I think I'm right in saying. Um, oh well, no, Luton are there at the minute. Sorry, Paul.
0: Let's I'm... be honest though. If Albion do get in the playoffs, that's Luton are in there. Middlesbrough sword. So it's one of Millwall, Albion, Blackburn, Sunderland, Coventry. Preston, Norwich, Watford. Now, aside from Coventry, all a little bit of a trek, aren't they? So we're either oh, John, going or...
1: quick, London, the question. Northeast.
0: Yeah,
1: from from me to you, you know, yeah. the two-legged semi. Would you rather face Luton or Borough?
0: I know we said we weren't going to get ahead of ourselves, Lewis, but I think you're getting a bit of ahead of yourself here, Pam. Yeah, no, no, it, no, I, I know. I know. It's obviously very <laughs> Luton or to... Borough, uh, footballing wise, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Hard call
1: that. Hard
0: Do you know pull. what? I'd rather drive all the way to the northeast just so we don't have to go to Canberra Frog. <laughs> and if yeah, any, Luton, any Luton fans listen to this, I am not apologising for that comment. Great, great
1: day yeah. and results at Luton, but um, overall yeah. sort of travelling and and yeah. sort of match day experience left a, a touch to be desired. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Simon Hevergan's got in touch with a question. When do playoff tickets go on sale with loads of laughing faces? Now, <laughs> I'm going to credit Simon for this because Simon gets in touch with a lot of our sort of questions and stuff, and like the archetypal Albion fan, which we all are, we can be glass half empty sometimes and Simon, I know some of Simon's comments are going be laughing listening to this. Because I know some of them are, but that's—I'm loving the positivity there, Simon. Hats off to that. It's not a question; it's just a, well, it is a question. When do they go on set? I don't know. They're obviously not at the moment. Um, but keep your eyes peeled if mate. the results go our way in the next few games. Um, we got a couple from Carl Burkett, for another friend of the pod. Um, well, I'll answer. I'll read out the uh, the funny one first. What on earth powers Jason Blumber? And absolutely absolute two dura ton- oh, mate! More than that. He must have he must have a case of them put into his back every year. The, the
1: um, Duracell Bunny wears Jason Malumbi pajamas.
0: Like it, Coxon. Like it. Good that is. That's us that. So yeah, it's
1: probably so, probably, probably uh, title of the episode, sl- it, isn't it? Yeah,
0: slogan for the season. A question from Tonky: uh, Is it nerves, or are we suddenly looking quite frail at the back, except for the superb Palmer? I can barely watch when we're under pressure. I'm glad you said it, Tonky, because I was very very nervous last night. I thought it was a few hairy moments. I thought, um, if we're being honest, that Eric Peters has had a a couple of off games recently, but what I will say is on Eric Peters at Rotherham, Rotherham targeted Eric Peters and it worked. Jordan Tuval got the better of him. And against against QPR, they had Lyndon Dykes up front, and I can't remember the other guy's name. He was up top for QPR, but they're big guys. And they almost played on him. Chris Martin played on Peters again. And they played on him again last night. If you look, as soon as when Ajay got the ball, there wasn't it didn't seem that there was as much pressing from Blackpool, but when Peters got the ball, they really pressed him and he almost got caught in possession a couple of times. So that might be part of it, but yeah, I thought Albion have looked a little bit shaky at the back, but they went 2-0. Just, just a quick word, Blackpool were very
1: good. My yeah. Blackpool counterpart said that's the best they've played for months. They were so they sharp played that, really that well. final moment. They haven't got the quality, have they? They haven't got the depth of squad, or, but they were the better side first half. There we, you know, certainly the more threatening created the more chances. Um, so you know, definitely something for Albion to work on in that regard. But you know, let's be honest, after the away run we've had, we'll, we'll take any away victories, won't we, Johnny?
0: We Certainly will. We certainly will indeed. Um, another question from Carl: um, Are we having horrendous bad luck with injuries, or is it that players? We've not had a core brand pre-season and also the rigours of a split season finally taking the toll on the players. That's a really interesting point. And without looking at statistics from other clubs, it'd be hard to tell, but I just think it's rotten luck. I just think I've been having absolute rotten luck, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and that's an easy one for us to say and people may think, well, we're going for the easy answer here. But I've said this on the pod before, Johnny, but go back to Christmas time and I remember us saying to Carlos, you know, what's the secret here? There are no injuries. Um, you know, what? what's what's why is that? Why are Albion being so lucky or so fortunate, or what's going so well? So, are these things balancing themselves out? I, I would say, quite possibly, you know, some of these injuries are you know, twists, turns, things that happen. Contact uh, a couple of them, however, you know, the, there is a counter argument there. Possibly, I, I'm not a medical expert to so know the answer to this, and it, again, it would be something to put to the head coach, um, as soon as we can. Yeah, the the rigors of the season, but again, things we've heard from from Carlos Corran in these busy times are, look, we we take take a our foot right off it in training. You know, classroom work, tactical meetings, you know, as as little running as possible. Realistically, it's not that they're doing laps of the training ground or, you know, big sprints constantly. So I, I'd be a little surprised if it was a build up of of training, but the rigors of a long championship season, isn't it? And mixed in with that bad luck, I think is is where the the answer lies. There, really.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to ask one more question. Um. Or well, there's a little statement here. Matt Matt S underscore one two one zero nine eight has asked. We couldn't, could we? Yes, we could, Matt. Yes, we could. <laughs> um. And then I got two questions. One from a guy called Brynmore who gets in touch, and Sunil Patel as well. And um, sort of similar questions. Um. Basically, saying, do you think the injury crisis sort of galvanised Albion? They seem to pick up after the the DK injury at Stoke. Uh, maybe adversity is sort of the tonic we sort of need. And Sun added in there. Have you seen them sort of Megs and esque in the last couple of displays? Sort of lack of quality, but great work rate. It does seem to have brought Albion maybe together a little bit more, whether the sub- that subconsciously that's happened. That, you know, Albion are uh, battling against the odds. I know teams on the, on the outside are saying how much quality Albion have got in their squad still, but of you know, a, a siege mentality, well, Johnny, isn't it? Seems like it, doesn't it? Uh, seems
1: w- like it. I would say, yeah, and that's. I would add in just in this section. I think, I think a lot of it, if not all of it, because you know the players deserve credit, but I think a lot of this stems from from the manager, from the head coach. I, I really do. I think this is where a, a gaffer earns their stripes, earns their corn, and you know to be able to rally, motivate, inspire. Um, yeah, when the times are hard and the, the adversity strikes, so I think um I think we're seeing a lot of Corbrand's qualities within this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think we uh, we as certainly d- ditto,
1: it. ditto as as Baggies did with with Megson, yeah. obviously at the in the early two
0: thousand. Yeah, no, it's uh it's a good, it's not a comparison I thought I'd make earlier in the campaign, but it's certainly um certainly a good good talking point. Right, thank you very much for your questions. Briefly, we're going to wrap up. Um, as we said, this probably be a little bit short. I'm not sure, it's probably it's probably the same same length, but <laughs> it might be a little bit short. Um, we lose track of time. Sunderland, Tony Mowbray. i never liked to do anything <laughs> to hurt Tony Mowbray because at the um, as we like to refer to him here at the Baggins broadcast, Tony Um, Lewis, for me, we look at the, the running on these, uh, and I've seen someone say, Look, we've got to play Sheffield United, we've got to play Norwich, we've got to play um, Sunderland. Albion seem to. You look at Middlesbrough, for example. Albion seem to sort of play a little bit better against the better teams when they have a little bit more time. You know, they're not being really pressed. Um, I think it could be a very different game on oh, yeah. oh, should Sunday, and it'll all be about. Oh, football is always about who takes the chances, but I think it's going to be a real tactical battle between Mowbray and Cobran and. Yeah and, and uh, maybe a little bit more of an open game because we, we all know firsthand how Tony Mowbray likes to play football.
1: Yeah. Well, I've Armin had the... Um, got the upper hand, didn't they, up at the Stadium of Light? Remember, what was that, that first, first game? Yeah, In
0: that minus six degrees.
1: Started really badly, didn't it? With Sunderland taking the lead that Penalty, wasn't it, for Sunderland penalty, that night?
0: Yeah. Um, Terrible tackle from Conatown, didn't it, if I remember rightly? Sorry, yes, that's on.
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real lazy one. But, but this is... You know, that night was one of and again, Stoke was the same and, and Luton's another one where Albin really were able to rally away from home. And, you know, all of those results either side of this this mammoth drought that we had away, wasn't it? So um yeah. Sunderland will be itching to hit back, you know, Mowbray, God love him. You know, what a guy, what a character, what a what a man in the history of the club, certainly the modern history, and and of course Albin looking to to repeat his, his feet, aren't they? And, and what a reception he'll get on Sunday lunchtime. Fascinating little aspect of this game being a 12 o'clock Sunday kickoff, I think. Um, I'm not a great fan of him in my life as a, as a football fan. I don't know what you think, Johnny. I don't know what Albion fans think generally, but you know it's it's, a, it's an early old start, isn't it, for everyone? Not just us working, but, but fans to get up for a game. But one thing's for certain, away from the tactical stylistic, point of this match Albion fans need to be up for this don't they they need to bring the noise they need to come in numbers despite the fact it's you know out of bed at what time on a Sunday to get there to, to beat that horrific M5 traffic they need to bring themselves and bring the noise and bring the backing because yeah it's been tough season tough years Um, but you know uh, a raucous Hawthorns. Can make the difference, can't it? I think on Sunday, and the same with that Norwich game. You know, we don't know what's going to happen Sunday. We don't know what's going to happen Wednesday in Sheffield, so it's hard to talk about Norwich. But certainly Sunday, the home fans can really make them, you know, make themselves felt. And I'd like to think now it's, I, I, don't know, is it in Albion's hands possibly if they if they beat rivals? But now they've got themselves in this position, Albion and Corby, and they 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 won't want to let it slip again. They, they, you know, they've they fought to to make it happen now, you know, or fought to make it possible now. Continue fighting to make it happen, you know.
0: What are you gonna do on Sunday? I know you like your lions. Yeah, you oh, uh, your Sunday uh, lions gone uh, now, not it?
1: Yeah, we'd, we 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 like to try and get there around two hours before, don't we? So what's that? Ten o'clock. we yeah, we'll be um we'll be driving down the M54, won't we? Both you and I at uh, an un-
0: ungodly hour on. Well, talk for you. I, I I'm an early riser these days mate yeah I know you love your lions but you know. <laughs> yeah. well in in the words of AJ mate you've got to be
1: there to do all the work haven't you you know i I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just rock up for the press food and uh you know that's taking the game basically but uh, no it's a um yeah no we, we jest don't we but like we know it's very difficult for people those who are lucky enough to get to a game very difficult for some of them to get there and especially with that without Hawthorne's traffic so you know fingers crossed everyone can, can be I saw something for Action for Albion that the supporter group this morning saying listen you know might have been home protests planned for these games but we just need to get you know we just need to get behind the team now as Action for Albion have, have always planned to do you know it's a, it's, um, it's a protest about the running of the club about the um, the board and and the hierarchy of course the controlling shareholder and, and so on and and that shouldn't be forgotten within a a push for the playoffs, of course it shouldn't, but nothing to get in the way of supporting the players and the team at this stage of the season when it's on the line. And, and we all know, of course, the backdrop of all of this playoff promotion talk is you know, what it could, of course, do for the club's finances and stability and future ahead. So it just only makes it more important, doesn't it? So everything that the fans can bring to, to try and help get their you know their team over the line is
0: it's massive. I'm sure, Albion fans will probably get up at 2am for a 3am kick-off. Your, kick your, your
1: pre-match uh, nerves will have you up at like five, won't they, Johnny? Probably,
0: you won't be able to sleep. Probably, mate. Probably, but um, we'll see. It's all turned around for Albion, and we are daring to dream. And dare I say, some people I spoke to last night are already booking hotels for for Wembley. Um, I'm not quite there yet, but a couple more wins, and we, uh, we might just be getting on Booking.com and reserving some. Hotel rooms, we'll, uh, we'll see. Thanks very much for listening. No baggies, uh, broadcast fan show this week. We're going to do back to back over the next couple of weeks. Um, uh, just because we've got busy schedules here at Express and stuff. Um, so we'll be back next Thursday and the following Thursday for them. Me and Coxie will be back. Oh, I don't know when we'll be back, Coxie, whether it'll be pre Sheffield United or post, hopefully post Sheffield United. Um, but we'll have to wait and see because the schedule is rammed in the next possibly couple of weeks.
1: taking a little. Um, I don't want to make any false promises here, live on record, Johnny. But we're probably taking a a late night effort post uh, Bramall Lane, couldn't we? If it, it so possibly if it goes if it goes well, but to be yeah, honest,
0: yeah, if it goes well, if we lose, I'm not doing that. <laughs> flat flat out, getting straight back home. But uh, thanks very much for listening. As always, we are sort of daring to dream. Now four games, four cup finals to go. Can Albion do it? We certainly hope so. Thanks for listening. Until next time on The Baggers Broadcast, from me and from Coxie, boing boing.
1: Boing boing.